Hi, everyone. I'm John C. Morley, the host of the Jaymore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hey guys, it is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur, uh, your podcast host, and of course, your podcast coach. It is great to be with you on another Friday uh, evening here on the J. Moore Tech Talk Show, the show where we unleash everything about technology. We tell you how it works, what to do when it doesn't. And we also give you some key insights to some great things uh, that you need to know to protect you and your loved ones. Uh, if you are new to uh, the show or any of my channels, you're going to notice there's a QR code that popped up on the right. Just simply grab your smartphone, point over the QR code like so. It might take a second just for you to do that. And once you uh, line up on that QR code like so, you'll see a little yellow ellipse. You'll get my link tree as easy as that is that. Now, if you're not watching me, but you're only listening like an audio podcast, well, I've got you covered there, too. Just go to BelieveMeAchieve.com, B-E-L-I-E-V-E-M-E-A-C-H-I-E-V-E.com. Uh, that's all you need to do, and you'll get uh, connected to lots of great information to help inspire and improve your life and many others. So uh, tonight, we have a very great topic, uh, and that topic, ladies and gentlemen, well, first of all, you are watching. Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, Series 2, Second Year, Show 42. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, this is pretty amazing that we're on the 42nd show and we are in our second season. We'll be in our third season very soon. But what's our topic of the show? Well, none other than AI in the automotive industry. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you um, didn't get a chance, I hope you will definitely check out my latest article. Uh, it was just published uh, actually earlier this week. And the title of the article is, ladies and gentlemen, AI Power Innovations Revving Up the Automotive Industry. You're going to want to check that out, definitely. All right. So let's get into some of the things um, that are important, uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, the automotive industry. So uh, first one I want to talk to you guys about um, is uh, something that's pretty cool, and it's actually called uh, generative design. So AI, artificial intelligence, generative design, uh, uses algorithms from computer systems to not only come up with um, vehicles that are going to look great and aesthetically pleasing and get people to want to buy them, they're going to make parts a lot more efficient. Um, they're going to make abilities plausible that weren't even available before, such as having uh, the potential now for hundreds of different variations of just one type of part for a part of the car. For example, maybe they're working on a new um, engine cover. And before they might only come up with two or three. 
Now they might have hundreds of uh, different things. So I think that's really, really, really cool. All right. So uh, generative design is something that has started, but it's starting to grow more. It'll make the AI industry in the car world, in the truck world, definitely um, add some points uh, to the industry and making it easier for them to uh, manufacture a car because now they can do something called twin designs. They can put the design, okay, on their computer and they can test it in different environments as if it was a real live environment without the extra cost. So I think that is really, really, really cool. So we will definitely stay tuned with uh, those kinds of things. Um, but let's talk about something else. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is AI uh, being used in navigation systems. So we've had, you know, uh, navigation systems before. I remember my very first navigation system uh, used um, DVDs. It was actually an Infinity uh, QX4. I, I love the vehicle. It was a great vehicle. And uh, I remember that the vehicle came with like, I think a DVD for like every region of uh, the United States. So it was like, um, I think they broke it down into like North, South, East and West. So there were like four different DVDs. You had to pop them in at different times, depending on where you were. So if I was in New Jersey, I could leave the North in. But if I was, let's say, traveling uh, to another part, then I'd have to pop that other DVD in when it got to that point in the map because the maps weren't like all together. Now uh, we've moved to the maps being on a hard drive. Okay. And um, so the updates come through, you know, software. And some cars even have the ability now to download the latest updates. Um, connecting into the whole world, no pun intended, of a connected car. And so when we think about that, we're still going to have vehicles that are going to have navigation that are going to be stored on not just hard drives, but on SSD, solid state drives. So that's going to be really cool. And so store their map information. But, you know, a lot of the data, uh, like uh, if there's any accidents, if there's road conditions or there's road closures, um, will be reported in real time, okay, including accidents right on the map screen. As long as you're paying for that service with like XM, that actually will connect into that. Now, car manufacturers are starting to come up with the concept of a connected car, which will mean that the car will have 5G basically in it, 5G wireless. And the other thing that's interesting about it is that they'll be able to give you a lot more information about the car, which we'll talk about later in the show. So having a, a car that's connected is pretty powerful. And just being able to understand like the navigation and now the fact that the car companies are going to bundle this as part of their service. I mean, they're probably going to get it from XM or whoever, but now they're going to try to make that part of their package. They're going to work on it. But right now you can get it through XM. You pay a little more money a month and you get live data. So if let's say I was driving somewhere and there was an accident, if there was traffic, the car would automatically reroute me to a different um, direction so I wouldn't be stuck in that uh, accident or in that traffic. So AI has definitely changed a lot uh, with navigation systems because now when you speak, the system is able to recognize your voice better, um, you know, not get so, um, let's say, 
fangled up as some of the older ones did, you say uh, highway, high what, or I didn't understand. And so now the voice is becoming more intelligent so that it can kind of take care of those uh, um, nuances of not being able to read and uh, understand exactly what you said. So navigation systems have definitely grown from the fact of the DVD. And I remember in my DVD car, I remember going to Newark uh, one night. And um, as I was driving, all of a sudden it came up with a message saying that uh, unable to calculate an end of route, destination unavailable. I was like, like further route destination planning not available like what do you mean like you got me here in the middle of this like roadway and you put me back somewhere but you can't get me out now so that was a little challenging so the navigation systems are a lot better today uh they not only um will work with your voice so you don't just like you know like you could touch it with the keyboard but you can use your voice to set the navigation so that's been around for quite a while but i think the data has gotten smarter uh, to what's in there. And um, AI navigation is going to change navigation for good because now the system's going to be able to learn about maybe routes you take, make suggestions, very similar to your Google auto suggests and things like that. I mean, sometimes that could be an issue. Like, it's like, hey, did you want me to take this right? No, I'm not going that way today. Oh, okay. Um, so I think there's a big, um, how can I say, change in the world. Yeah, so there are going to be uh, big changes, ladies and gentlemen, in AI navigation. And you might be saying to me, John, well, how much more can you change AI navigation? Well, you leverage the power of artificial intelligence and machine learning and satellite navigation, and now it can become even more accurate and efficient than before. So AI and machine learning are being used to develop new algorithms every day. They can analyze satellites and images and help uh, triangulate positions a lot better than they did before. So when we think about, you know, the future, the future of, you know, using your car, there are a lot of changes. And uh, machine learning and satellite navigation is just scratching the surface. But I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, navigation in your car, your vehicle is going to get much, much better. I mean, much, much better. So I think that is uh, definitely something that we have to be, how can I say that we have to be aware of. I think um, it's going to give people a greater sense of convenience. Now, as we dive more into the uh, AI industry for automotives, um, did you know that uh, the AI emissions is not just about keeping the environment clean? Did you know that? It's not just about keeping the environment clean. It's not. And so the reason I say that to you is because this is something that a lot of people don't quite understand. You figure that AI emissions are there so that we have a green friendly world, right? Makes sense, you know, reduce our carbon footprint, but it's more than that. You see, a lot of these car companies are gonna be hit with some very, very hefty fines, unfortunately. And so this is why these companies are turning 
to AI so that it can analyze how their carbon footprint is performing. Do they need to make other changes? And if not, they might be hit with some violations and yes, some big hefty fines. So artificial intelligence is going to help us save money in the long run. I think that's a uh, I think that's really a pretty cool one, right? Definitely. I mean, I, th I think that's definitely a cool one. So AI is going to change not only that, but it's going to change something else. Ladies and gentlemen, it is going to change how our dealerships work. Well, how is that going to work? Well, remember I told you about a connected car. Well, now the dealership is not only going to get uh, information about your vehicle and things like that. They'll be able to prompt you when it's time for uh, a new lease or a new purchase. They'll know things about your vehicle, but also they're going to be able to um, chat with you through uh, different types of systems, whether that's going to be uh, communication through chatbots, through email. Um, and so they're going to be able to grab that data and see what you respond to best. And so dealerships now are no longer going to be like a hunt and peck and hope we get the sale. They're going to actually use strategic science to figure out what's going to make you decide to purchase that vehicle or lease it. So AI will definitely help um the dealerships gain more data but as they gain more data my question is are we opening a pandora's box i think that's probably the biggest thing i want to say are we opening a pandora's box because if we open a pandora's box then there is the issue of that data falling into the wrong hands and if it falls into the wrong hands it might potentially compromise your safety and security perhaps your family and other loved ones. So I think that's something we have to be concerned about. Where is our data going? And I think this gets uh, to be important when we think about a connected vehicle. Like, where is all my data going, right? Um, did you know, ladies and gentlemen, that artificial intelligence could do something really cool now they're working on this? Yes, uh, AI can notify owners when their vehicle is scratched or damaged. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool if you ask me. They can, it can detect whether there's a scratch on your vehicle, uh, whether it's a dent, because there's going to be a whole, let's say, array of sensors that are going to communicate back to the onboard system. And um, it could send a text to you, it could send an email to you and uh, let you know that somebody just hit your vehicle or somebody just scratched your vehicle. Things that were only available in the past in aftermarket type systems are now gonna be services that the car manufacturers and truck manufacturers are gonna be offering you as an owner. Now, something else is gonna change and I call it um, driving or uh, car um, systems as a service the car always runs but car systems or car services as a service maybe car systems as a service csas they haven't really come out with the title for it yet but csas car systems as a service mean that there'll be certain functionality that you can pay for to get with your vehicle so for example on my car if i want to be able to link to my navigation system um i can in level one of the package, which comes free with the vehicle, 
I get stats about the car. I get mileage, uh, average miles per gallon. I get some other, you know, uh, details about the vehicle. I have how much fuel is in the tank. If I upgrade to level two, which I have, level two allows me to take my smartphone, okay, and I can launch an app on my smartphone. And once I launch that app, I will be able to, yes, I'll be able to send information like a, perhaps a, a destination that I want to travel to, to my vehicle. Then when I board the vehicle, I will see that there is a um, destination and uh, it asks me if I'd like to receive basically uh, that request that was sent. And so I think that's really cool because we're talking more about safety in our vehicle. And if we can plan our trips or set the nav without having to get in the car or even having to talk to it, I think that's going to open up a whole new world for people. Um, I have been using that technology now through my last two vehicles, and it's been a game changer for me. What does it cost? I think it costs for the second level. I think it costs, um, I think it's like $179 a year. Okay. And so it's it's an advanced uh, service package. That's basically what I would call it. Um, an advanced service package, uh, basically per year. And so you know you have different levels of um, we'll call it monitoring service, if you will. And so when we think about this, um, the question comes in, you know. How does it work? So I think what we have to understand is that uh, services, okay, um, these different services will allow us, allow us to have access to things like, if we go to the top level, a personal concierge, okay? That's level three. I had it. I canceled it. It was the worst thing. I was getting people from other countries and no disrespect to them, but I asked them for a recommendation on a show or uh, a restaurant and they gave me terrible advice. So people say to me, you know, do you have to pay for this, this link service? So again, the basic uh, service is complimentary and it just connects your vehicle to your phone and you can download the app and it's pretty easy to use. Um, when you jump into some of the higher end packages, Again, it's, it's, it's the remote packages. And so um, the remote packages uh, all come with a six-month free trial. A lot of manufacturers have this. So they have a, a, a key by Amazon and car delivery of a remote start and stop, your remote lock and unlock. You have geofence alert. You have speed alerts. You have security alarms. You have stone, stolen vehicle locator, find my car, uh, destination by voice. So these are different things that are um, are coming. But the question is, you know, will people use these services? Will people use these different services? And I think the question is, yes, but I believe people need to understand, like, what is it going to do for me? So we all know things like intelligent assistance and things like that. And that uses satellites, even Apple, we learned not too long ago was giving a trial away so you could send messages out via, um, let's say a text or even make a 911 call as long as you're outside and you're physically able to see in direct line of sight of the satellite, okay? 
so here's how the how my car company does this. So standard package that you get with the vehicle allows uh, the system to connect your car, okay? And uh, the app delivers cloud-based media like podcasts, internet radio stations, and other types of uh, things like uh, a TripAdvisor, Facebook, and Twitter, okay? Um, you can use your phone cellular data if you want. Traffic data and um, other things are available so you can get information. So this is what's included in the standard package. So your traffic is now being included as part of that. Um, the standard package is free for the first three years of ownership on every vehicle equipped uh, with it. And um, it's very easy to do. You just push the uh, concierge the link button in your car and uh, they already have your information because your car has actually sent your VIN number over automatically to them. So they actually know your car. They have all your information. And so they have another service level and they call it the Connect Package. So uh, this brings your car fully online. So vehicles equipped with this package um, can do a lot more. Uh, maybe you forgot to lock your doors. Well, you can simply do that. Maybe you have a friend that needs to uh, get something out of your trunk. No problem. You're on vacation. Just go ahead and uh, get into the app. Uh, when they tell you they're by your vehicle, just go ahead and unlock um, the car and they can get into the vehicle and uh, get out whatever they need. And you can lock it or they can lock it. You can even see on uh, the app whether the car was locked if you ask them to lock it. So a virtual dashboard that lets you check your odometer, your fuel level and tire pressure status plus run diagnostics. So that's part of the connect feature. Uh, a virtual key that lets you, uh, like I said, lock or unlock the door. That is really, really amazing. One touch assistance can summon a tow truck or emergency assistance um, help. A message center where you can receive information from your car about maybe scheduling a service visit or hearing or seeing if there's something critical going on with your vehicle. You get access to a digital owner's manual uh, that's completely searchable and some great stuff. Um, and of course you get live in-vehicle voice assistance. Um, so that's a, another pretty cool feature. You get the automatic emergency response, uh, stolen vehicle recovery, and that's pretty cool. And then you have the premium package. So the premium package does everything the one and two does, but it gives you concierge service. And like I said to you, I was very unhappy with this service. So the one-year commitment on Connect is um, basically one, um, the free is free, Connect is 159, premium is 249. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's how that works. Um, but my thing was, I wasn't happy with it. So they offer you a personal concierge service and, he or she, when you call in, can read your horoscope, find any information about the news. They're basically just people, virtual assistants that are just searching the web for information. Uh, you can call on them to dictate correspondence, reserve a table, or book a last-minute flight. Everything uh, in this package is completely integrated into your vehicle's advanced digital system. And um, they can even send directions directly to your vehicle's nav system or a boarding pass straight to your smartphone. So again, the reason I canceled the service, um, again, it was basically, you know, almost uh, almost another hundred dollars more. I just didn't feel the quality was there. 
So again, the standard gives you uh, the searchable uh, owner's manual. You get the uh, ability to receive maintenance minder messages, and you get uh, the ability for real-time traffic, uh, and you get a smartphone integration, um, which that's free throughout your ownership. So that's just, that's free. But then when you need more things like real-time vehicle status, maybe you want to potentially flash your lights or your horn. I've done this before. I park somewhere. Like, where did I park? I could set my lights off or if it was so far, I could uh, tell my horn to honk for five minutes. And that's only available in the Connect package, which is like the second package. And then um, the premium package does everything that the second does, but it gives you live concierge service. So I guess what I'm saying is that more and more car companies are going this way. Now, I think it's going to get more involved, whereby, you know, they're going to try to come down to the monthly service model where you pay so much a month. So they feel like you can cancel any time. And when it's monthly, people don't feel like, I don't know, they're as intimidated as when you do a yearly contract because, hey, you can cancel any time, right? So I see that happening more and more. And I feel that, you know, the services are going to be things that we may want. Like maybe we want the AI detection system to tell us if somebody's come near our vehicle or scratched it or damaged it. That might be something. Maybe in the future, there'll be cameras on the car and maybe I could be sent a picture or a photo or a video when somebody comes close to my vehicle. That could be something, right? So I think, you know, connected cars are not new. But what we're doing with them, the way that we're able to get this technology on board and now be able to dish it out to people in the vehicle, such as allowing things like, uh, you know, Wi-Fi in your car, right? And so the car is getting its, let's say, um, you know, service from the tower, cellular, and then it transmits it inside your vehicle into the from the wireless router into transmitters and receivers and then you're able to go online so that's a that's a handy thing but a lot of vehicles are doing this i think ford was the first one to start out with that um so definitely a lot of cool things happening and there'll be other types of services there as well uh you know there might be a, a service that manages perhaps um you know maybe a reminder service if you want um you know, maybe things like that. I think we're going to see more of these types of things. Uh, we're also going to be able to, um, you know, get real-time status on more things in our vehicle. So things like emissions will be coming to the app. So anything that gets reported to the system, which is where we can get into something that's, that's really, really cool. And that gets into things like, um, you know, maintenance on your car. And, you know, preventive AI maintenance is pretty cool because what it will do is it will alert us because the onboard computer will be told through one of the sensors and we can either see it on our dashboard through uh, a message, maybe an audio prompt, or perhaps um, it even sends it out to our phone as an SMS text message or perhaps even an email message. So there's different options that are, uh, I think, coming and car manufacturers are working with more services. Yeah, that's true. So car manufacturers um are working on you know selling more monthly services and you might be saying well john i don't know if i want to do that 
Well, the reason they're doing this is they're looking at from looking at it for more revenue. Um, so, for example, Toyota, BMW, Tesla, GM, and others are intending to charge monthly fees for features like remote start and even heated seats. Now, I'm sorry, but if I'm buying a vehicle, all right, and I want that vehicle, I want my seats to work. Um, I think I might just be looking at Porsche for my next vehicle because they don't seem to be doing that. But I guess when you spend a hundred some thousand dollars on a car, they don't need to do that. Um, I, I think it's very cheap that Toyota, BMW, Tesla, and GM are doing this. Uh, Audi and Acura so far are not. And so I think, you know, um, as automakers are turning to subscription plans, um, it's going to annoy some people, you know? And so we know it's coming. We definitely know it's coming. Uh, many others have started to prepare consumers for the future when certain features will require a regular fee. Uh, GM announced plans for 50 new subscription services by 2026. And a few years ago, BMW raised uh, some shackles by charging customers extra for Apple CarPlay. I mean, seriously, like that's just below the bell. I mean, really? Uh, and then now in, uh, a standard feature on um the car is sub 15,000 Chevy Spark, the least expensive new car you can buy. BMW scrapped that plan three years in, but later announced that it may one day require customers to pay recurring fees for features we currently consider to be bought and paid for. So does that mean the cost of the vehicle is going to come down? Uh, the marquee matters, as we can see, and luxury car makers may not balk at having to pay a $25 a month fee such as Cadillac Super Cruise on a $90,000 car. I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to be a little bit upset to do that. And that would affect me um, in buying that car. And it would make me spend more money to get a car from another manufacturer. So time is going to tell whether this is going to work um, or people are going to balk about it. Um, Toyota's remote connect services after the free three-year or 10-year trial Toyota's customers are typically more focused on the value rather than luxury. So, you know, I think we all have to see, is this the right way? And is this a good thing or is this just an abuse of our customers? Because I feel that they might capitalize and get a lot of money from people. But you know what might happen? They might actually lose in the long run. Now, on my vehicle, um, you know, I can unlock my car, but I have the middle package. And so automakers are embracing this new business model. It's really, uh, I'm going to call it CSAS, Car Services as a Service, uh, or CFAS, Car Features as a Service. Um, you know, required people to pay subscriptions to unlock everything from entertainment options to enhanced navigation and even hands-free driving. Okay, I understand autonomous might be a feature you have to pay for. I can understand that. Um, but uh, what cars are adding subscription? Well, BMW is not alone. Volkswagen, Toyota, Audi, Cadillac, Porsche, I'm very surprised. I, I was just going to say they're probably good. And Tesla have all dabbled in subscription models for certain options, such as the driver assist features or voice recognition. But it's a little bit alarming to me that when you spend so much money on a car that you're going to kind of be nickel and dime. That's what it almost feels like. 
And so we're going to have to just see, is this going to work or is this going to be a big bust for the automotive industry? We're going to have to see. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep you uh, peeled on that and what's happening. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about something pretty cool. Uh, you guys know who the NHTSA is, the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Yes, say that uh, 10 times fast. That's the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. So there are six levels, autonomous driving. Autonomous driving uh, at the full six level means that there is no driver. But let's dive into some of these levels. So level zero, and this is all according to the NHTSA, the National Highway uh, Transit and Safety Administration, okay? Transportation Action Safety Administration, National Highway Transportation and Safety Administration. Zero um, is momentary driver assist. The driver is responsible for driving the vehicle while the system provides a momentary uh, driver assistance, like a warning, um, you know, such as a blind sight detection alert or emergency safety intervention, such as braking uh, or perhaps something like that. Now, uh, level one is driver assistance. Um, you're driving, but there is some assistance. So driver is fully responsible for the vehicle and the system monitors what's going on uh, with the sensors and cameras. And so the car will either accelerate or brake or steer at level one. So again, it can either uh, accelerate a brake or steer. At level two, it's additional driver assistance. It's still, you still drive and it still monitors. So the driver's fully responsible again. The system will provide continuous assistance with both acceleration and braking and steering. So do we have that right now? And well, my car does that right now. So if I engage uh, adaptive cruise control, and I turn on LKS, Learn Keeping Assist, every uh, manufacturer calls it something different. It actually watches the highway lanes with a camera. And if the road changes, it can literally steer the car. It also can uh, change the speed. If there is a car that comes in, it can suddenly slow the car down so it doesn't hit it. If the cars move away, it can suddenly uh, you know, speed up a little more so that it maintains that speed. So, um, and of course my car does, does the braking and it can automatically, uh, brake. Sometimes it'll make a decision to have you brake and it's making a decision, but it's not always right. But I've seen that where it says brake. So when that comes on the screen, that's braking intervention mode. Okay. Level three handles all aspects of driving while the driver is still in control over driving. Um, so how does it work? The system drives, but you must be available to take over upon request. Like, you know, it's able to manage the speed. It's able to manage the steering. So when I say level two right now, I'm able to, you know, get on the highway, set the cruise control, uh, get above that, that, you know, have to be above that, um, that speed that's required to, to engage it. And then I'm on the highway and the vehicle is literally just, you know, keeping me in my lane, maintaining the speed. Okay. And the steering is being maintained because of the camera. But what it can't do at, uh, at this level is it can't actually get me off the highway or on the highway. Can't do that. Okay. That's a little more involved. So conditional automation is that it does everything 
while the driver remains available. So it might be able to get you off the highway, but maybe it runs into a snag and suddenly it, it has a prompt like, you know, driver assistance, assistance need required. Uh, level four is high automation. Um, the system is fully responsible for driving tasks within limited service areas. A human driver is not needed to operate the vehicle. That's what we call high automation, but it is in limited service areas. Full automation is when no driver is required and uh, it's responsible for all driving tasks under all conditions and on all roadways. A human driver is not needed to operate the vehicle at all. So I think we're going to start to see some more of these different levels. Uh, I think we're going to start to see three very soon where the car will be able to actually exit and get on the ramp, but I think that's gonna require a little more work. Um, just to let you know, autonomous driving, uh, 100% is gonna take a lot of data. One terabit per second. That's a lot of data. So I have to ask you something. If a car, like a connected car, how much, would Verizon, let's just say Verizon, I can use anybody, Verizon charge to send one terabit of data via cellular? How, how much do you think they would charge? Well, um, it's normally uh, $9.99. So you get in at about $4.99 a month. And it remains at $4.99 a month until you remove it, okay? But one terabyte, that's a lot of cellular data. That's a lot. So let's talk about their plan. So overall, um, $15 for each one gigabit. So that $9.99 is just a, a promotion. So if we said 15 gigabits, right, right? So my question is, how much, how many gigabytes do you think is, in, how many terabytes, how many, how many terabytes in one gigabit, right? It's actually reverse. How many, how many gigabits, sorry, that's a small word, are in, are in a terabyte. How many gigabits are in a terabyte? It's a thousand. So if we took the model that Verizon is operating on right now, right this very moment, okay, $15 per gigabyte, okay, and I multiply that times 1,000, that's a lot, $15, okay, times... 1,000, that's $15,000. So how are they gonna do this? There's got to be some kind of special net set up because I don't see people wanting to pay this kind of money. This, there has to be a, a price point that's gonna take this down because no one's gonna spend $15,000 for an autonomous vehicle. So there are costs. There's also data costs, there's storage costs, right? So I think a lot of people don't really understand this. And autonomous vehicles, people ask me, you know, why? 
there are lots of reasons. Maybe people can't drive. Uh, there could be bad weather. And uh, maybe, you know, the fact of putting the car in auto mode, um, some people might think it's safer. But we have to be aware that uh, when we're on autonomous mode, AI can make a mistake. Is that object of the road? Is that a kid? Is that a person? Is that an object? Whoops. I just hit somebody. I just hurt someone. Who's going to be responsible for all that damage? Is it the car owner? The car owner wasn't driving. Well, the system was driving, but there was no driver. So who's responsible? I think it comes down to the car manufacturer, comes down to the people that wrote the software, comes down to the people that created the map for the autonomous system. So I see a lot of lawsuits <laughs> happening there. So we're not ready to go there just yet. We'll talk more about that before the end of the show. But I do want to talk about another interesting topic. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one that I think a lot of people want to know about. And that is that the UMG, right? The UMG. And you might be saying, hey, John, who the heck is the UMG? Yeah, so the UMG, which I'll tell you in just a second, the UMG files a lawsuit. And that stands for the Universal Music Group. And, um, and other music companies, I'm sure, are also suing an artificial intelligence platform called Anthropic, that's A-N-T-H-R-O-P-I-C, uh, PBC, for using copyrighted song lyrics to train its software, making the first major lawsuit in what is expected to be a key legal battle over the future of artificial intelligence music. Now, I'm not just talking about music, but I think it's going to get even more challenging. We talk about graphics. The whole thing is if you create something, right, and a system steals that and then it gets, let's say, sent off to somebody else, I think that's a serious, serious, serious problem. And if we don't understand that today, then we're going to have a lot more problems as this technology continues to roll out. I said that responsibility is the key of everyone. It's not just one person. We're all in this together as a society. And our last point, ladies and gentlemen, is when will the first autonomous vehicle hit the road? Well, that's a great question. They're estimated about 2035. The first fully aut autonomous uh, vehicle, 2000, 2036. Okay. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting. And that's level three autonomous systems. That's not level five. When do you think we'll see level five? That, that's what I wonder. When will we see level five? Uh, I, I still don't think we're going to see level five. I know they're saying uh, that it's coming. But I don't know. I think that might be too soon for level five. So people have asked me, John, is the Tesla autopilot level five? So the full self-driving uh, Tesla's branding for its beta program is to achieve full autonomous driving, SAE, level five. Um, and they're saying it's a little controversial right now. So we're going to have to see, like, what does that really mean? And um, the problem I see is that 
the insurance costs are probably going to be higher. So they estimate that uh, the autonomous vehicle market will be around 498.4 million units in 2023. And it's forecast to register um, of more than 6% of the 2023, 28, 28, 28. So I think the biggest question people have right now is, do we have a technology to do it? I think we have the technology to do it, but I don't think our highways um, are there yet. I think we have to do a lot more research and I think we have to do a lot more testing because if we just put a vehicle on the road and we hope it works, that vehicle is going to be getting into a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Well, hey, guys, do you know who I am? I'm John C. Morley. I am serial entrepreneur. I am, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know who I am. I am your podcast uh, host and your coach. And I love getting together with you guys daily on my Inspirations for Your Life show, as well as my weekly Jaymore Tech Talk show. Uh, so continue to help us grow and support this. Uh, we're educating people all around the globe and giving them what they need to know about technology. So we've got some great guests coming up in the next few months. Definitely stay with us. If you missed any of our shows, well, the show goes into, yes, a uh, audio version 24 hours later when it gets released on our podcast. If you forgot where any of the information is, scan the QR code or just go to believemeachieve.com for more of my amazing, inspiring creations. I think you guys will be blown out of the water by some of the stuff we're talking about. I hope you guys have learned something today. And I hope that you remember that technology is not good. It's not bad. It's how we choose to use it. So it will be a while before these autonomous vehicles um, come out. So in the meantime, make sure to keep your hands on the wheel at 10 and 2 or 9 and 3. And, of course, your cell phones down and eyes focused because distractions don't belong anywhere on the highway or in any vehicle while you're driving. Have yourself a great rest of your night and a great weekend. And I'm going to see you guys real soon for another Jay Moore Tech Talk show, which will be next week, October 27th, the last Friday of the month. I can't wait to be with you again. Take care. Have a good one, everyone. Be well.